This is the Hot Stove Show on Seattle Sports. Presented by Hatback Bar and Grill. Streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Yes, it's time once again. Hot Stove is here. Thanks for being with us tonight. Gary Hill here. We're here every Tuesday night from 7 to 9. This show is going to be a little bit different than most of them. Just a few days ago, we were at T-Mobile Park for the annual spring training luncheon. Myself, Shannon Dreyer, Aaron Goldsmith, all on hand. We had some wonderful conversations. So tonight, we're going to play you those conversations as Jerry DePoto stopped by. We had our chance to meet, first chance to meet, Teoscar Hernandez, one of the newest Mariners. Stephen Vogt, part of the coaching staff, former Oakland Day, a delightful conversation coming up. Also, we will sit down and chat with Chris Townsend as we continue our look. In fact, this is our last team that we'll talk about in terms of previewing the AL West. We've touched on the Rangers and the Angels and the Astros. And today it's the Oakland A's turn, and there's a lot swirling around uh, with the A's. So Chris Townsend gives us some really good insight on Oakland coming into the season. But we're going to start the conversation with Cal Raleigh. Cal was back in town as we had a chance to visit with the Mariners catcher. Cal, when's the last time you were back here at T-Mobile Park? I guess oh when the when I went to raise the twelfth uh, man flag. Okay, I got to come back here and. Uh, kind of hang out locker room before we walked over and um but you know all these new additions here it's kind of cool to see and all the construction going underneath the stadium well, you mentioned raising the flag your life has changed a little bit since <laughs> the season yeah. ended i mean that was one of the coolest moments of my life you get to do uh the flag and see the whole all of seattle and the seahawks and uh right at kick kickoff too is uh super cool and I'm um, getting to do that and share with uh, my my pops and my brother it was really cool. You will, no matter what happens in your career, and no matter where your career takes you, Cal, you are forever a Mariner. Now, uh, you have been a part of people's greatest sports moments. Now, based on what we all know that you did, how does that make you feel when you reflect and think about that? Um, I don't know if I could tell you. Uh, it's it's kind of surreal uh i don't know if it's totally hit me yet you know the whole thing um people always ask like what was it like and i'm like i I just i still don't even know yet but just that night in general was so special you know not just for me just to share that with the fans and to see how many people stuck around afterwards and my teammates this organization coaches people that i've known since i got drafted were here and you know some people that i've uh you know shared memories with that are going to last a lifetime and you know friends that i'll always be friends with and it's uh it's super cool it was obviously momentous for the city of seattle and one of the things that you know there was a lot of talk would this be the group that ends the drought and are they going to put that on their shoulders and you know kind of conventionally i would think well they're not responsible for all of that but you guys it does seem you did take it on that ending the drought was in some ways personal that you guys wanted to be the ones to do that how did you internalize that how did you use that how did that play into what you what you as a team did last year yeah i think you know first you know rewind all the way back to 21 you know how close we were and came down to the last weekend of the season and you know unfortunately we didn't get it done and uh that, that kind of left a you know bad taste in our mouth and coming in 2022 and 
then you kind of get off to the slow start and you're like, oh, is this going to be the year? Is this not? Or, you know, not even, you're not even thinking about the playoffs. You just want to have a good team and start winning games. And, you know, once things kind of started rolling and guys got a little more comfortable and kind of understood what, what was at stake, um, you know, down the stretch was some of the most fun baseball I've ever played in my life. You know, it didn't matter. If I went 0 for 4 or 4 for 4, you know, just going in and getting to play and getting a chance to win and knowing what was at stake and what was on the line was really fun. Along those lines, how do you think about, as the season ended, those three games against Houston where one swing could have changed every one of those games and changed the series? How do you think about how the season ended going into this year and the expectations? Yeah, again, it, it left a terrible taste in my mouth and our mouths. Uh, you know, um, you know, it it, uh, it stinks because you know, one swing of the bat, each of those games, you're like, could have won that game. You know, Julio, it's a ball off the wall. I don't know, one ten or something crazy. I mean, you know, it feels like that one should have went out. The roof's closed, maybe it's out. And then you know, obviously the. The other ones, uh, you know, hate thinking about it. But, you know, coming this year, we know it's a clean slate and we know uh, we have a job to do, you know, each game. And we know it's a long season and we know there's ups and downs. And uh, I think knowing that now, I think it's only going to help us. And, you know, we know we have to take it one game at a time. You know, we can't just go out right away and get in the playoffs. You know, it takes time. We've got to win some games. We've got to do some things. And, uh, you know, we're really excited to get going. This offseason, I hope you got a chance to take a little breath after everything that happened but with you know so many things that happened and so many steps that were taken forward and you cementing a place on this team let alone being the guy who is raising a flag at a Seahawks I was worried about the thumb but just fine during that because I heard that's not easy to do Uh, how different an offseason was this for you yeah it's different you know last offseason going into camp there's three catchers it's a short camp, obviously with the lockout. Uh, you're not getting many at-bats because there's just not any to go around, you know, in one position. And uh, kind of have a fight for a job and then even going into the season fighting for a job. Um, it's it's completely different. But, you know, my mindset's not going to change. You know, I have a job to do. Um, I'm not really worried about, I, you know, you never want to get too comfortable because many get comfortable and many th- you think you got to figure it out, you know, the game will kick you right in the butt, you know, whether that's baseball or another sport or even a job. So, you know, I'm just going to, you know, I'm grateful to be here and, you know, I'm uh, really excited for this upcoming season. Cal Raleigh is our guest. How's the thumb, man? It's great. You know, had the surgery, got the scar right there and it's, uh, you know, I've had checkups and been in talks with the doctor and uh, our uh, our staff here with the Mariners, and they're very happy with how it looks, and it feels great. You know, I caught my first bullpen yesterday, caught Marco, and uh, felt good, been swinging and everything, so... You mentioned catching Marco in a bullpen. I would love to think <laughs> that you two met at a random park in Seattle. Did, did you catch him here, or where, where did you catch Marco? I yeah, we just went to a random park and started selling red dogs right next to us. <laughs> no, he. Uh, I've been at AZ past two weeks, and okay. you know he started coming to the complex a little bit, and um, he's been wearing me out. He's like, "When are you gonna catch me? When are you gonna catch me?" <laughs> he's like, "You're just avoiding me." I was like, "No, I got my thumb. Like, I gotta take it slow." But uh, caught it, and it looked great the other day. So. I mean, catching Marco before catching Munoz seems, as a guy coming off a ligament surgery, this seems like the proper move. 
Yeah, I say that was a smart move. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a business decision. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. You know, it's... <sighs> We we talked about you a lot, obviously, on the broadcast last year and your your journey last season. And we're biased because we see you play every day. But it is really hard, Cal, to try to find some type of comp for what your season was like last year that any other player went through. Because, I mean, you, you were sinking. I mean, you know that. Um, before, kind of like before the home run in New York against the Mets, right? Like you were sent down. Obviously, you had to be recalled after the injury to, to Tom Murphy. But you were really struggling. And to fast forward from being optioned down to doing what you did at the end of the season, and I know you, you're you too humbled to speak to this, but the equity that you had to have built up in that clubhouse playing through what you played through at the end that all those guys know better than we do what you went through uh it was like three seasons in one for you (laughs) Uh, did it feel that way at all or when you're in it or you're just in it and you're just thinking you're just thinking about today yeah i think you know at the time things were going so fast and you know we we had a job at hand and i was worried about what's on the field i wasn't even thinking about what was going on around me and how quickly it went and uh just kind of whenever since everything's kind of slowed down it's like wow that was really fun like i wish i can go back and do that again but um you know going back to getting optioned it was tough i mean not easy getting optioned you know it's uh kind of the first time you know, I've been told, you know, you're not good enough. You need to go get better. You need, and I think, you know, a lot of guys take it personal, I think, but at the same time, you got to realize, you know, the Mariners trying to win games, you know, um, you know, it's nothing personal. We just, we need you to get better and you got to take it that way. You got to look at it that way. You know, I got to get better. I got to make adjustments. I need to, uh, kind of approach the game a different way. And, uh, you know, even when I first came up, you know, I wasn't perfect from the getting recalled. You know, I had to learn. I had to do some things different, look at look at the game a different way. And, uh, you know, once I kind of did that, the game started um, kind of, uh, not saying it got easier, but it was uh, a lot more simple. Did you, re- did you relax more when you came back up? I did, yeah. I've, I've always kind of been a high-strung person, especially when it comes to baseball. And It really sounded in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, it really shows. Um, in baseball. It really right? seems like you're really... When I'm here like... with you guys, I'm just, I'm just chilling. So. But when it comes to baseball, you know, it's it's something that I've been doing for so long, and I love it, and, you know, I want to win. I want to be the best I can be, and, you know, it's something. But sometimes, you know, you get so close to something or you know, you try too hard. And, you know, I feel like I was at a point where I was just trying way too hard. I was trying to hit an eight-run home run. That's not even a thing. I mean, (laughs) you you try to do all these things and try to get everything back in one swing, and you just can't. You have to understand that, you know, this is a hard game, and I just need to square the ball up. I just need to move a runner. I need to, you know, block this ball. I need to throw a guy out. I need to do the little things right. And I just want to help my team win. And I think, you know, once I started doing that and not worrying about, you know, my average or anything else that's kind of going on around me that doesn't matter, you know, once I started doing that, I think things got a lot uh, simpler. So how did it click? Like, what was the, Was there a moment? Was it a, a process? How did it click like that? Because that's what you're describing sounds really easy. Right? It sounds it's really not, easy to yeah. say, oh, just relax a little bit. But you're 
playing on the biggest stage in the world. It's not right. easy to do. So how did it happen? I think it just takes commitment. I think you gotta you gotta commit to something. You know, I think you know when you're wishy washy or you're you're one foot in, you're one foot out. Then I don't know if you're ever really committing something or you know making that adjustment. So I think you gotta be both feet in. Um, and you know, once I kind of got a perspective change, you know, obviously I have, my dad's a coach and he's my mentor and someone I can always lean on. He helped me out a ton and just kind of a, a good perspective change and understanding that this game isn't life or death. And, you know, I can help this team by not hitting a home run every single time and doing little things right and not worrying about the silly stuff. Is that something you had been confronted with in the past and kind of letting go a little bit and concentrating on the smaller things and what you can do or was this a first for you yeah i mean i haven't i've had ups and downs before i had a bad a bad year my sophomore year in college i had a kind of a bum thumb then as well and uh i uh i struggled a bit and it's not my first time struggling so i um but definitely the first time i've been sent down and understanding that i had to make an adjustment and um you know, with that being said, you kind of have to look at yourself in the mirror and you kind of, you know, be honest with yourself and uh, know that uh, there's adjustments to be made. And, um, you know, you can either go up or down from here. We're visiting with Mariners catcher Cal Raleigh. It's Hot Stove brought to you by Hatback. Looking for a fun spot to watch your favorite team? Come to the Hatback Bar and Grill located across from T-Mobile Park. Great food and beer plus free parking. It's the place to be. Visit Hatback.com to make a reservation. We'll continue our conversation with Cal Raleigh coming up right after this. The Hot Stove Show on Seattle Sports. Presented by Hatback Bar and Grill. Swing, hammered out to right field, ticketed back, back, and gone! How about another? Cal Raleigh on a historic night, his second career multi-homer game. Well, that was one of the many homers we saw last year from Cal Raleigh as our conversation continues with Cal. When you look back at his season last year, one of the most amazing aspects is barrel rate. Barrels simply defined as kind of the optimal launch angle and exit velocity. And to kind of give you the context, no surprise, Aaron Judge was first in baseball last year with a barrel rate uh, per plate appearance of over 15%. Jordan Alvarez was second in baseball. Mike Trout was third. You get the idea, right? Cal Raleigh was just outside of the top 10 in baseball last year. He was 12th with a barrel rate of 9.5%. By the way, Teoscar Hernandez with 10th, was 10th last year, which is significant. So, Cal, the question becomes, how do you square up a baseball? I think, um, you know, a lot of you see a lot of big guys in the game and guys who can hit the ball a long way, but it doesn't do you any good if you can't hit the ball, you know? So I think... Just cutting the swing down and um, just understanding that if I hit it, I know it'll go. And, you know, you hear that all the time, like, just touch it. Or the guy's still in 99. You don't have to do much. You just got to get the barrel out in front and square it up. And uh, it's just something that I kind of realized, you know, I don't need to hit the 500-foot home run. Or I don't need to hit, you know, three home runs in one game. Stuff like that. Just knowing that if I square the ball up and I swing at good pitches you know, the rest is going to take care of itself. You know, I'm not worried about, you know, getting out or having a hit fall. Like, those are all just things that you can't control. So all I know that I can control is swinging good pitches 
and uh, you know, squaring the ball up, which you hear a lot from in our organization. Well, it is funny because you're talking about letting go the pressure of the damage and the big hit, and yet. Like that's all you did. <laughs> I, I think you found the key. I mean, I, I, truly, Cal, I, I'm sure this word trickles to you uh, at some point late in the season, but you had an historic season by Mariners catcher standards. The club's been around since 1977. There's never been a catcher hit more home runs in one year than what you did last year. I mean, it almost seems like freeing yourself up uh, mentally, as you've described, uh, enabled you to do the things that you were no longer focusing on doing right yeah um it's that simple (laughs) it's that simple i wish that it was just that easy from the get-go but it's it's not it took a lot of hard work and it took a lot of focus and a lot of things that you know people uh you know fans don't see you know whether it's in the in the clubhouse in the in the uh cages or even at you know my house and but uh you know, it's 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 not easy, but you know, once you're able to do that and kind of uh, understand that you don't have to be the best, you don't have to be this unreal expectation of yourself. You can just go out there and just try to help your team win. I think that's the biggest thing. Was like, I just want to win. I just want to play to win. And when people play to win, you know, they tend to free their mind up and they're not thinking about, all right, I need two hits today, or I need to hit a home, home run here i just want to help my team and i think that's the beauty of baseball is it's a team sport and it's one through nine and when you get a bunch of guys who mesh together really well it's kind of what you saw last year at the end what's it like catching luis castillo's movement at 100 miles per hour it's not easy but it's uh i love it that he's on our team it's it's some nasty stuff and uh i mean we saw what he did last year and then him going to toronto and Doing what he did against a really good lineup, you know, I think people forget sometimes how good that lineup really is. And with him doing that and just absolutely carving him up, and I mean, that's a horse right there. That's a guy, you know, that's a that's a true one. So having that guy, you know, open up uh, on the mound for us this year on opening day is going to be super fun. And did you just make an announcement? I didn't make an announcement, <laughs> but I'm going to. I'm going to assume. That, you know what they say about assumptions. So I'm assuming that he will be after what he did last year. You know, we've never broken news on this show before, Cal. So we we liked you before. We like you even more you now. You can break it. Yeah. Who are you excited to get to work with down there on the pitching side? Um, you know, we got some new guys coming in. Um, but I'm really excited for you know to get back and work with everybody and kind of you know get off on a good foot and you know get on the same page like we were last year towards the end you know Matt Brash you know one guy that comes to mind who really took a step forward last year as far as you know you know when he got his new role and it's not easy you know everybody thinks that oh you go to the bullpen it should be easier you know it's 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 not it's it's having learn a new role something he's never done before and for him to come out and do what he did at the end of the year was super exciting and you're talking about a guy that could potentially be one of the best relievers in all of baseball um by his second year in the league not even so having having to work with him will be great um you know obviously working with george and logan and all the starters marco uh you know flex robbie louie it's 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 always fun and i think we have a good group like i've said before you know the communication line is always open so it's uh it's easy to communicate you can go back and forth you can try to get um you know the best out of each other you know not just me for him but you know them for us as well and uh i think we have a a good group you have in one season 
gained the greatest nickname of your era. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I, I I've never heard you. I've never heard. Maybe you've talked. I just haven't heard it publicly addressed. Big, Big dumper. dumper yeah. Oh, can we do that again in stereo? That was great. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, Cal. When this first, you know, first it was like the water started. It wasn't simmering yet. There were just little bubbles at the bottom of the pan, right? Yeah. And then it started to simmer a little bit. And we we started catching wind of Big Dumper, and we didn't feel comfortable um, putting that out there. Uh, but then Mariner Social came to you, from what I heard, and they said, "Are you okay with us?" full branding big dumper and you gave them your blessing i did and then you went to a classroom after the season was over with (laughs) and they chanted big dumper big Big dumper big dumper i mean you're all in i'm all in on it i uh (laughs) i i love it i think it's great (laughs) my mom different story but, (laughs) but it's i mean it's awesome i mean the fact that fans can have a funny nickname for me and and you know laugh about it and enjoy it and come to the ballpark and people who are close to you do they just call you dumper it, it changes they call me dump dumper big dumper dumpy uh, <laughs> which i don't like dumpy as much, but I've, I've heard that one a few times but it, it's cool i mean i walked this morning walking here i was working out and um in the glass case there's it's not Raleigh jerseys. It's big dumper jerseys yes, yeah, and right. big jumper t-shirts. And I'm like, this is what it is now. So, so. You're, you're pregame and you're walking, you know, you're milling around and there's 30,000 people here and people start screaming, hey, dumper, big dumper. You're like, yeah, all for it. Well, now that we're uh, tackling the most important issues. So we had Logan on the show last week. Oh, boy. And we posed the question, who's got the better goatee, <sighs> Logan or Cal? We're going to pose the same question to you. Who's got the superior goatee, you or Logan? I kind of want to hear his answer, but where do you think Logan got his goatee idea from? I mean, I've been rocking it longer than he has, but I'm honestly surprised because Logan's such a routine-oriented person, and you know he does the same thing. Like, I don't know. I mean, I roomed with him for five years now. He's kicking me to the curb, though. Oh. Yeah, I know. Oh. He's got a wife now. Yeah. So I guess that's okay. Uh, I... But you're the big dumper. <laughs> I know, right? That's what I'm saying. I was like, you guys get a two-bedroom. I'm going to sleep in the other one. And No, but uh, he, I mean, I'm surprised that he actually did it. And now I've heard he's rocking a mustache. So I don't know what he's doing over there. He's just oh. completely changing. He's, But uh, he's he cracks me up. We talked the other day for like an hour and a half on the phone. And I actually got him, uh, you know, they make stencils for goatees. I don't even. Aww. I have no idea what you're talking. I about. I got him a stencil for his goatee <laughs> for his uh, wedding gift. It what, is, was, what is this? I have no idea. I can't even. It's like a what plastic. It's like a plastic. Uh, uh, I don't even know. What, like a like. Is this like for a gr- it's for, it's like for a gro- cutout for grooming yeah. purposes? Yes. Okay. So like when you're oh, shaving, you probably spray. Oh, you yeah. shave around it. I got him a real gift, but this is kind of like. <laughs> <a> gag- <laughs> this is kind of like a gag gift, and I got it for him. I was like, all right. So when you're shaving your goatee now, you don't have to guess. Am I in the right or? So we can just shave without do, even. Do you use a stencil? Uh, or when I got him one, I actually got myself one. Oh, well, there's nothing to mess with. Yours is perfect. It's because I have a stencil. That's why it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, but it sounds like you. It sounds like you. You'd long. You would pre, your goatee predated stenciling. Is that not right? It did. I didn't find out about this till somebody showed it to me. I think it was like somebody DM me. They're like, "Hey, you need to get this for yourself because <laughs> you always have a goatee." And I just can't grow a beard. I can't. I, well, I'm, that's what he said. Also. Yeah. What if just, you and Logan had a goatee grow off? 
And starting Ooh. opening day, I get messy. You just—that's the whole idea. Who's going to let it? Who's going to let it ride? Who can take it? The long? I mean, you got the gear. I don't know. It gets pretty itchy. I don't know if you guys ever had. You got a beard. Yeah. Yeah. No, Gary's. I had a goatee for a long time. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, Gary the, tried to the cover stencil much of his thing's face actually well. really nice because what people don't realize is you start to shave and it gets thinner and thinner and thinner, and all of a sudden you just have this little line right here. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get great. a tooth. You don't yeah. want to get a tooth thing. Yeah. Then so the stencil. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all in on that. It's, it's harder than. The, harder do you than manicure your own, or do you uh, have the? Does the barber at the clubhouse do this? Do no, you trust the barber? I do it myself. You don't. You don't trust a lot of people when it comes to close to face stuff. I understand. So I've actually never had a shave before. What do they call them? Like the straight yeah, like razor? Straight, yeah, straight, yeah, exactly. I I've never grown general. facial hair, so I can't relate to this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I wish I could contribute to this conversation. I just ask questions. I have no. I have nothing that I can add, unfortunately. Were there any special catcher duties in the wedding? Did you have to have a little talk with him before anything? Or I gave him a, I gave him a talk before the wedding, so it... Uh, it was more of a funny pep talk than it was anything. So <laughs> it was cool, though. I mean, I got to spend it with him and his family and his friends, and uh, it was super special. And I'm, I'm super happy for him and Av. And uh, it was a fun night too. I mean, Julio got to go, Kel got to go. Um, we had a few guys from our minor league days there as well, a bunch of Mariner guys, and it was a lot of fun. You know, we had a good time and danced. And did, was there any ounce of Walter that showed up? Like it's game day. It's like it's start day. <laughs> I mean, did he have to resist turning into Walter on his wedding day? Um, he was locked in. He was locked in. So we kind of had to loosen him up. And like, hey, you're not starting. This isn't. This isn't game one against the Astros. Like, this is the wedding day. You should enjoy it. So, but he had a great time too. I think he ended up doing a split at his wedding. What? Yeah, what? Whoa, wait, huh? what? You'll have to ask him about it. Like a legit split. A legit this guy can do a real split. I don't, know, I don't know if I spilled the beans on this, but you guys are going to have to ask him because, you know, we're going up. I mean, we we're always in the apartment or whatever to the miners. And yeah, one day he just busts out a, a split. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, Who can do a split? He can do a full on split. And he dropped it, dropped it down to his wedding. Dance so. floor, I assume. That's the only of place course. this would be. Okay, Naturally. This, you know. How, hey, so take the split out. Okay. Yeah. You can't factor this in your judgment. How is Logan as a dancer? Because we've seen him run. Oof. <laughs> it's ugly. I'm not going to lie. I love Logan, and he's a great guy, but that guy was not made to dance. I mean, he's got a lot of extension. Better, pi- better a, pitcher than dancer. That's a lot of... It's a lot of arms and legs. Yeah. It's a lot to control. Yeah. No, it's hard for anybody. Yeah. I mean, like listen, I'm not a good dancer, but he's definitely not a good dancer. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good. Oh, Cal. Thank you so much. It's great to see you. And uh, I guess we'll see you in a couple weeks in Arizona. I know. I'm looking forward to it. It'll be fun. Well, there it was. Seattle Mariners catcher Cal Raleigh. Hot Stove continues, brought to you by Hatback. Next time you're at Hatback Bar and Grill, make sure to check out Steelhead's Alley, a space dedicated to Seattle's 1946 Negro Leagues team. Plus, enjoy the collaboration with Seattle's own Medier Brewing. For more info, visit hatback.com slash steelheads. We will continue. Jerry DePoto will visit us coming up right after this. The Hot Stove Show on Seattle Sports. Presented by Hatback Bar and Grill. Teoscar Hernandez leads it off with a swing and a drive. Deep to left center field and this one is gone again. Teoscar Hernandez, a two-run home run in the second. 
And now a leadoff home run off for Robbie Ray here in the bottom of the fourth. And the Blue Jays now lead it four to nothing. And what a day for Teoscar Hernandez. Well, that was not a great highlight at the time, but now Teoscar Hernandez is on the Mariners' side as we're joined by Jerry DePoto, Gary Hill alongside Shannon Dreher, and Aaron Goldsmith. By the way, Teoscar Hernandez will be our guest coming up in just a few minutes. But let's start right there with Teoscar. What makes him such a great fit for the Mariners? From the time we we had first considered Teoscar as a as a potential acquisition, and this dates back to before the 2021 season, uh, is the first time we contacted the Blue Jays about lining up for him. We talked to them again prior to 2022. And part of the attraction is that we have always heard phenomenal guy, you know, great teammate. He's very easy to talk to, uh, easy to engage with. It was pretty obvious from the first phone call we had with him. Uh, what he brings to the middle of our lineup is seems easy to, to identify. He hits the ball about as hard as anybody on earth. He has been one of the most productive middle-of-the-order hitters in the league over the course of the last three years. I think uh, second or third to, to Aaron Judge and maybe Bryce Harper and, and home runs over that time. Just produces runs and and, and does it regularly. You know, he's, he's been a mainstay uh, 20, 2019, 20, uh, Barring maybe a little bit of missed time last year, I think with an oblique He's been steady Eddie out on the field and producing, and uh, that means something to us because in addition to, to pushing our ceiling, we really wanted to prop up the floor as well. Is, you know, when we go through our big lulls, and, and we've had a couple of We had one early in last season, you know, May-ish. Uh, typically, we, we run into it when we wind up with players on the, the injured list, and we weren't deep enough to absorb that. Having players who have good histories, durable players who are out on the field, and now increasing the depth in our organization. With we think we've increased the depth in our organization, we should be able to to weather those storms because they'll come again. Jerry, since you bring up uh, health and durability, your rotation was remarkable last year. Nobody missed a start. Uh, you essentially had six starters after the acquisition of Luis Castillo. It doesn't happen. And it, when it does happen, it doesn't happen by accident. Uh, in your mind, what were the key factors that enabled that or kind of miraculous feat in today's game to actually transpire? I think it was just, I think it was miraculous. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of feels that way. You know, it, it was, it, it was, it was remarkable even while we were living through it. You know, you, you want to pinch yourself because pitcher health is such an unpredictable thing and it can take a magical season, which, you know, ultimately we had and turn it on its ear pretty quickly. Um, we're fortunate enough now going into the season where we have six healthy starters to, to line up with. We've got another five or six in back of that group that we feel really good about. You know, whether it's young guys with big talent who are close or experienced guys who've been through it before and can sub in, I would not expect that we're going to go through our season and not get dinged the way we were able to last year. So building that depth was an important element for us. Uh, Part of it is arm health. I would like to give our high performance and, and training groups some credit 
because of the way we've tried to manage innings on the front end and, and because of the throwing programs that, that Woody and Trent and, and our trainers have, have really driven from dating back to the, the minor league development of, of George and Logan and, and the group that's come through on through what we do at the big league level. And, uh, you know, it, it takes a village to do it all. And I, and I think it takes a village to make sure you use six starters over the course of a big league season because it doesn't happen very frequently. I don't think it also happens very frequently when you have a switch hitting catcher come up and just kind of take over the world and go through all the ups and downs of a season in a month and then pick up and go. I know he technically wasn't a rookie last year, but it was in effect a rookie season for Cal Raleigh. How remarkable in your eyes is it and kind of comparable to others and what he was able to accomplish in that year? You know, two things really strike me. One, specifically with Cal more than even the development on the field, which we've always believed that that would happen. It ran in conjunction with his development as a leader in our clubhouse and, and managing our game. Uh, there's He does a phenomenal job of working with our pitchers. Of He very quickly became uh, like a go-to. He was a veteran overnight in his in his game management skills. And the, the starting pitchers especially, they invested in him almost immediately. Uh, and, and to watch what evolved offensively in, in his game as that went along. I think it was the confidence that began with his the quality of what he was doing behind the dish and in his leadership role that really started to bleed into his offensive game. And, and Cal represents to me what is most intriguing about our season is that we didn't play the Astros a lot in the second half last year. You know, we, we uh, our team was very different from, let's call it, mid-June until season's end. And I think we, at that point, we only saw them maybe four times. And uh, Cal was a very different player at the end than he was in April and May. Same with Julio, same with George, same with Logan. Same, I mean, all these guys evolved in a way that just made us a very different team. And and I don't really look back at, at last year's team like we need to make up 16 games. It's because of growth like Cal Raleigh. It's a we're a very different team at the end. You know, we were 16 games behind because of the hole we dug ourselves on the front end. But we're just, you know, we were a different team, and I think it's going to continue to evolve. They're still young. Along those lines, what is the growth expectation for a young core like that from one year to the next year, knowing that every player is a little different? But how do you think about that with so many different guys in kind of that same boat? You know, last year was like the dreamscape where so many of them clicked right about the same time and just started taking off. And and like we talked about just a moment ago with Cal, that confidence that develops when that's all happening, I think just carries over. You know, I there's we've all experienced it in our playing lives. And, and if you're going to carve out a career of, of any length, you know what that feels like when, when it becomes a similar feeling to you, like how you felt playing in high school or in college or when you were in the minor leagues. I think a lot of our guys got over that hump last year. Still some that, that we need to help over that hump, but we're confident that they can do it too. And when they come like a flood like that, you, it is what you see, the energy, the, the electric, you know, they love coming to the ballpark every day because they're experiencing something for the first time, which is that major league success. And they're doing it with, you know, what wound up being a ballpark full of, of fanatics that were, mm. that were dying to see a team do this. And, and, and I think they really, they, they really enjoyed it. And, and 
they live their off season preparing to do it again. We're still the youngest team in our division, or we project to be. Uh, we added a ton of, of experience with guys who've played in postseason environments. I think 22 different postseason years for the guys we picked up, either via free agency or trade. And that was because we saw what happened last year in our clubhouse when we brought Carlos Santana in. And, and they had a veteran guy who'd been through it, who could sit there and talk to them and help them. Their, their talent, their energy, the enthusiasm, you know, their competitiveness on the field, really, it, it speaks for itself. Having guys in that clubhouse that can help them manage the long season, I think was, it was, it was a goal of ours this offseason, and I think we, on that, we delivered. Jerry DePoto is our guest. How have you and Justin and the entire front office and the baseball ops department been able to put together a roster, both in terms of homegrown guys, but specifically also guys that you've, you've got on and, and taken from other organizations that really seem to fit the culture as well as they have? I, it, we've heard it from the opposition. Uh, we've heard it certainly internally. Cal Raleigh was talking about it earlier today. We've heard Scott talk about it extensively. He's a big part of setting that culture. But it re- it seems a lot harder than what you guys have made it look like because it really does feel like, and it probably predates even last year, but everybody's rolling in the same direction these days for the Mariners. You know, one of the things about it, and and I think Jim Leland, who I played for in Colorado in the 90s, uh, you know, his one-year stint in, in Colorado, uh, Jim said to me, he said, I'm not a chemist. I don't know how to develop chemistry, but I know when I see it, and then my goal becomes not to F it up. <laughs> and, and, it's a, and, and I think that's, you know, we've watched what's happened with this team. I don't fancy myself a chemist, but, you know, as we've gone through uh, the years with this club, you see personal traits. Each one of them has, you know, someone might be, you know, in, in Julio's case, he, he's magnetism, he's personality, he's also humility. He's, you know, he's, he provides leadership in ways that you couldn't possibly have imagined from a 21 year old you know from Kelnick you get intensity you get work ethic you get you, you get competitiveness from Robbie Ray you get steady you you get you know the, the the ups and downs don't really exist with Robbie you know he rides the steady and 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 I think that's positive that's the same thing you get out of George it's a it's just steady across you know Ty France has he's the guy that that kind of it's the the quiet jokester in the background, the guy who takes a, a little poke, and it's you need that. You need J.P. Crawford, who can be like the the emotion in a moment to help lift you. You need Gino's good vibes, and when all of that starts coming together, don't lose that. You know, keep that together when you when you watch it, and then as you see things develop that might negatively affect that, make changes and and make sure to preserve that community in your clubhouse because that's how you win and that's how you sustain winning that's uh and you can I, I used to joke around uh, through the years once you've developed that core now you can invite someone in who might not have the, the this the qualities that that you were looking for when you were developing that community and they they bring them in and they hug them they, they they envelop that player and he becomes part of that core even though that's it's not a natural fit for him but you have to let that cement cure before you get to that point. And I think our group has, has done an effective job of that. Kind of along those lines, I think one of the neatest things I saw last year, I, I've covered this team for a gazillion years, and along the way at the trade deadline, there would be guys that were grumbling. We're not doing anything. We're not getting in. It might help that you got Luis Castillo, too, a little bit earlier. But this group had 
it seemed like a, an intense belief in themselves. Um, and I think it goes well beyond the Ted Lasso belief. But I'm, there was a, a kind of a turning point where they were saying out loud, we're more than a wild card team. We can go deep in this thing, which seemed to almost come out of nowhere to see that develop. I mean, how important was that to what you're trying to do? And what was how did you kind of view when this team started to go and think, you know what, we're, we got it here. We got what we need here. See, that's the dream. And you know, I, I'll say, we went to dinner early this offseason with JP and, and talked about, you know, openly about, now, what do you think we need? What does the team ne- need next to get over it? And he said, from what I see, we got what we need right here, to, to Shannon's point. That's a belief. It's a belief in the teammates around you. It's a belief in what you can do. And then when the next player walks in, you know, when Teo comes through the door or Colton Wong comes through the door or Luis Castillo comes through the door, you can be excited for, for what that's going to do to you. But they don't need it every day. They don't want it. When you're constantly sitting there focusing on the thing that you don't have, you forget how good the thing you have is. And, you know, and our players have built a community in our clubhouse they believe they can play with anybody they know that they're good enough to go win the world series they know that any day and and we can go deeper than most in the number of pitchers we can send out there they can just shut down an opponent they know that when you know the bomberos come rolling in that they have confidence in every single one of those guys that runs out and that's it's such a unique thing uh, you know it, it, it's i've never been around a team who believes in one another the way this team believes in one another uh there are no backseat GMs. There are no, you know, that you need to make this trade. There are no walking up to the office to tell you, you know, they're fed up with X, Y, and Z. And maybe there will be someday. I don't think so, though. They're, this team is just wired in a different way. And and uh, and my, my goal is let them continue to drive this because the dream was that they create the culture that, that they ultimately have. We're visiting with Jerry DePoto as Hot Stove continues, brought to you by Hatback. This Sunday, get ready for the ultimate watch party at Hatback Bar and Grill. Over 20 TVs, great food and drink. It's the perfect place to catch the big game. Visit hatback.com slash reservations to book your spot today. We continue our conversation with Jerry DePoto. More right after this. Hi, I'm Marcus Trufant. Injuries are a big part of football, but they don't have to be a part of your workplace. Unfortunately, all types of workers are hurt on the job every day in our state. Like injured players, helping injured workers heal and return to work is a team effort. Don't fumble this opportunity. Join the winning team at Labor and Industries. Go to lni.wa.gov forward slash jobs. Help keep Washington safe and working. That's lni.wa.gov forward slash jobs. Don't miss an all-star summer of Mariners baseball in 2023. The best way to catch the good vibes at the Electric Factory is with a Mariners season ticket membership. Get exclusive benefits like priority pre-sale access to 2023 All-Star Week. Savings of at least 10% on tickets with no fees and more, all for as little as $300. Come on board today at Mariners.com slash 23. Sweetheart, sugar, cutie pie, love is sweet. Your Valentine's Day gift should be too. Visit Chang Company for unique fine jewelry. It's a great way to show your special someone how well you know them and that you love everything about them. With our amazing selection of colorful gemstones, why not select a style with their favorite color? We have natural sapphires in every color of the rainbow. Rubies as red as a rose, topaz as blue as the sky. Or tell your love story with a charm necklace. 
Choose from dozens of symbolic charms. Get a zodiac charm because your stars are aligned or a compass charm because you're on a journey together. You could also select an engravable style, like a beautiful locket or a gold bar necklace. We'll inscribe a message on it, a love note to your valentine. At Shane Company, we have so many easy ways to make your gift more personal. For more ideas, talk to a jewelry consultant today. Your Valentine's Day gift will be a treat. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and Shaneco.com. For seniors on Medicare, it can be tough to find a doctor who's tuned in to your needs. Name again? The doctor is running late. Sorry. No, no results yet. Break free from the way it's always been with One Medical Seniors. We offer convenient locations, on-site labs, and access to a doctor-led care team that believes you're more than your health history. Join One Medical Seniors and break free. Search One Medical Seniors. That's One Medical Seniors today. Hey, it's Dave Wyman for Blue Flame Comfort. If you've been considering an upgrade to your home comfort system, now's the perfect time. Right now, Blue Flame will replace your old, inefficient unit with a new heating and air conditioning system with no payments or interest for six months. Save money with the friendly and professional team at Blue Flame. Go to blueflamecomfort.com for more details and to schedule your appointment today. License number Blue FFH-825RM, Blue FFH-827RK. I'm Bradley Johnson with 1-800-DUI-AWAY. Let's talk about football. Have fun, but be responsible on game day. Even if it's on your best friend's 100-inch 4K UDR and surround sound. 5.1. If you feel sacked in the fourth quarter, a designated driver needs to take you to your end zone. If you get carried away with too many Bloody Marys after a few too many Hail Marys, call for a timeout. You get the point. Be safe on game day. 1-800-DUI-AWAY! I'm Bradley Johnson with 1-800-DUI-AWAY. Let's talk about Google. It's so important, it's a verb. Google it. Then check out our hundreds of five-star Google reviews. They ended my case with such favorable results that even the judge was surprised. Give yourself the absolute best chance of staying out of jail and give Bradley Johnson a call. I contacted other firms with no call back. I then called Bradley Johnson and scheduled a meeting immediately. Google us. 1-800-DUI-AWAY! The Hot Stove Show on Seattle Sports. Presented by Hatback Bar and Grill. Welcome back to Hot Stove. We continue our conversation with Jerry DePoto. And there's been so much of this conversation already talking about the pitching that this organization has offered. And you look at what this organization has done developmentally the past few years. Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, Paul Seawald from outside the organization. Just go down the list of all the wins development-wise, not only with pitching now in the major leagues but also the pitching that we've talked about that's on the way what has allowed this organization to be so great the last especially the last couple of years in developing pitching you know i'd like to tell you that that it was that there was one key if i had to point at one thing it's probably two things and it's called woody and trent <laughs> but uh you know i think we have a phenomenal pitching setup within our organization you know that starts here in seattle with trent and woody uh max wiener in our farm system now matt pierpont who who assists max there 
we are really built out in that area. And this, this is something that started for us back in, you know, late 2018, early 2019. You know, we started scratching the surface with Brian DeLunis when, when Brian was with us and, and we started building out these programs. And most importantly, not only were we drafting talented pitchers like Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, etc. there's, we were drafting pitchers who believed in the things that we were doing. And, and when you have that, when you have, 95 to 100 with a good breaking ball, a lot of strikes, and belief in the people who are building the programs, that has a chance to, to turn into magic. And uh, along the way, and, and I'd like to tell you that, that we forecast that Paul Seawald was going to turn into one of the best relievers in the American League over a couple of year period. You know, when, when you have success bringing players in and, and changing the arc of their career, you know, a, there's always the biggest part of that is the player's willingness to, to do something different, to buy in. Uh, we had that with a couple of, of pitchers through the years, Paul among them, and that created such a belief in the programs that we're running. And I, and I think I've shared it with you guys. We now get phone calls from, you know, pitchers who are at that stage in their career who want to come to the Mariners, uh, which is kind of a cool thing mm-hmm. when, when you're getting those calls and it's a testament to the quality of those people who I just named. I think Trent Blank has the greatest ratio of the most name drops with <laughs> the least amount of people knowing who he is. <laughs> he's so, dead. So I know his role has changed this year. Tell us about Trent and why he's so important, what he does for your organization. You know, so Trent, we, we hired Trent. Brian DeLunis actually brought Trent to uh, the Mariners. And uh, Trent was at the time working at uh, Dallas Baptist University. He's got a very unique perspective on pitching. He's, he's the, at the intersection of high-performance arm care and pitch development, pitch, pitching coach. Uh, there's, and I would say he leans maybe more toward the, the former than the latter in, in, his, in his resting position. Uh, quiet guy huge impact on our systems and our programs every one of our players respects him uh you know wildly he he flies under the radar around the league now i say that we've had five or six calls through the years asking about trent from anything from a major league pitching coach to to running somebody's high performance programs fortunately for us he's opted to stay with us each time uh he has changed our world in a lot of ways and this year he will no longer be in the bullpen where he's he's been since the 2020 season he will be moving into the dugout to to try to affect in-game strategy as well as the you know the, the the way we are developing pitching plans you know trent has a lot of planner in him uh, that that gets lost in the bullpen and uh, there's steven vote will be out in the bullpen with the guys on a on a daily basis where he spent a lot of days in his in his baseball life and uh and votes like a perfect tonic for for how you get through 162 <laughs> uh, and and trent will affect the day-to-day with our staff and it's also going to give trent a, a, an opportunity to tap into for two years now he's been our director of pitching uh and strategies he also oversees what's happening at our developmental system and when that's when you get into a 162 game season especially like our second half last year when every game every inning is so no important to the outcome there's you tend to invest in that and this should give trent the ability to maintain his oversight of what's happening throughout our system before there was you there i don't think were strategists i think you had an offensive coordinator at one point the growth since you have 
gotten here in baseball ops and analytics and all of that? What what? How do you compare from how many people roughly? Oh my gosh, it's it's changed so much. And uh, and to, to the credit of some people that are here and and they are movers for us. You know, Jesse Smith and Joel Furman really stand out in our analytics department. We've since had out of Dave Cameron, who I think is one of the most impactful player personnel uh, analysts that I've ever encountered. And it's uh, his ability to, to cross lines in our group and, and have a conversation with a scout and an analyst and bring them together is pretty phenomenal. Uh, what we've been able to do in interesting program development in, in the minor league system, I think if I look back, you know, seven going on eight years now, the biggest thing was we were willing to make mistakes on the front end and we were willing to, to break a few windows. And in some cases, we probably broke more than a few. And many of the people that we that we brought in here and took chances on. I, I think Max Wiener became our, our pitching coordinator, I believe, at the, the, the robust you know old age of 25. <laughs> uh, we, to the point where we were actually, you know, this past offseason, I was asked by another team that was trying to develop their pitching programs, you know, and we wind up being now a team that gets called a lot for, you know, some A, personnel, but, but B, hey, what's the roadmap here? How did you do the things that you do? And, and uh, is it true that you guys hired a 19-year-old pitching coordinator? I said, he was 25. <laughs> no, it's, but we took chances on young people like Jared DeHart, like Max Wiener, who didn't have a lot of experience, like Connor Dawson. You know, it, it, it's, it, it, it's probably the thing I'm most proud of is that, you know, we probably would not have evolved the way we did organizationally or been prepared for sustaining this success that I think we're now prepared to sustain if we had not gone through building those programs with those young people, trusting them to lead us towards something or into an area where, frankly, we were carving a new path that we didn't know a lot about. And, you know, it's, it, it required the village and, and they led the way. And, and it's, it's been so, you know, a titanic change for us organizationally. And, and some of the things that I remember, you know, as, as tenants of my own, eight and 10 years ago, I now, I look back and I'm like, oh my God, did I really think that way? <laughs> and it's, uh, and, and credit to the people that we work with. They, they do a phenomenal job and deserve all the credit. Thanks, Jer. You bet. There it is, Jerry Depoto. It's the hot stove. Planning on coming out to more than one Mariners game this season. Well, you should. Consider a Flex membership. You can choose the games and seats you want all season long, plus save at least 10% on tickets and pay no fees. Come on board at mariners.com slash flex. We still have a lot to get to in this edition of Hot Stove. Chris Townsend going to give us a look at the A's later on in the show. Speaking of A's, Stephen Vogt, former Oakland Athletic, former All-Star, now a part of the Mariners coaching staff. He's going to visit. Coming up next, though, we are going to sit down with one of the newest Mariners slugger, Teoscar Hernandez. That comes up next right after this as Hot Stove continues.